This is Deepa from DeepaBarrow.com, and you're listening to the Deep Beauty Podcast. Hey guys, I'm back with another Deep Beauty Podcast episode. This is Deepa Barrar, and we are talking to Vedahi. She's an amazing writer and student from South Carolina, well, originally from Ottawa, Ontario, um, and she has been so kind as to sit with us today and talk to us about a lot of very personal issues. How are you doing today, Vedahi? I'm doing great, Deepa. It's great to be with you. It's so nice to talk to you and I'm so, I'm honestly like, I just am so grateful to all of you girls that have come on here and have been so courageous and open about the things that you've gone through in your life and I really feel like you're helping people out there, which is what it's all about at the end of the day. Thank you so much. And I really appreciate this opportunity to be with you right now. So thank you so much. No problem. Okay. So I found you because you write a lot of articles for Brown Girl Magazine, right? Yes. So you have been really open about your journey that you've gone through with sexual assault, which is what we're going to talk about today. Now, you don't have to get into the particulars, but how long ago did this happen to you and how has it affected you? Um, This happened about three years ago. It was spring semester of 2014. And it's a, it's a, people, see, the thing is people think that sexual abuse is something that, you know, it happens. And then once it's over, you kind of, you're sad for a few days or you're depressed for a few days and then you forget about it and then you move on with life mm-hmm. and you basically don't ever come back to it. But for me, it's something that's affected me every single day of my life because that memory stays with you. It doesn't go anywhere because right. you, you end up feeling like an object that you just got thrown away that, you know, people don't have a use for anymore and you just you're worthless So in these three years, I've basically tried to reclaim my worth. Wow. I, You know, it is true that a lot of people don't really understand how deeply it can really affect you in life. You know? Exactly. I haven't really shared too much of the things that I've gone through. I've never had anything to the extent that has happened to you, but I've been in situations in my life starting from eight years old that have been completely inappropriate. And it really, as much as you think that it was something really small and fleeting and it didn't happen, you know, it didn't really last that long or whatever that person did didn't last that long. It really does have such a long lasting impact on you. And you had mentioned that you had gone through a lot of anxiety and depression as a result of it. Yes. So I was already going into college. I was a pretty insecure person. And as I like went through my freshman year of college, I, and of course, as this event happened, I became a lot more insecure and a lot more depressed and a lot more um, anxious because I didn't know how to cope with it. I didn't know who to talk to. I didn't know even, even figuring out my own feelings after it had happened was really hard for me because you kind of sit there and you wonder, like, do I like go tell somebody? Do I just keep this to myself? Because obviously we come from a society where this is regarded as a, as, as a stigma. Mm-hmm. It's not something you talk exactly. about. So, and for the and the, the other thing is, a lot of people are very reluctant to believe that, you know, hey, this actually happened. So that e- complicated it even further because no one believed me initially. Wow. I can't, I can't even imagine that, that no one, you know, that something so serious happened to you 
and that people wouldn't believe it. I mean, you know, it's hard enough in other communities that are more open about these kind of things, but in our community in particular, we're so, so Mm -hmm. closed off from sharing anything and especially something as personal as this, you know, it's just sort of sweep everything under the rug. Well, that doesn't really help anyone at the end of the day. So the fact that you're like... Yeah, and actually... If I might, if I may yeah, interrupt no, no, you really ahead. quick, I was actually doing some research for one of my articles that I've recently written, and um, I found I think it was on the NAMI site. Mm-hmm. Um, they had some statistics about different like backgrounds and how like forthcoming they are, like how you know willing they are to seek like mental assistance or you know like going to, going to a counselor or stuff like that. I found that uh, one third of Asian Americans are less likely to go seek help than any of the other backgrounds that exist in our country. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's, that is a huge number. Exactly. That makes me so sad, you know? And the thing is like, you, you don't realize how many people are affected by it until you start hearing other stories, until you start doing research on it. You really don't know how many people exist. You know, and, and, and that's, uh, I think, something that's becoming so much more apparent to everybody, especially since the whole Harvey Weinstein Me Too movement that's happened. Right. Um, I think w- what I was reading last, and that was a couple of weeks ago, was that it had been the hashtag Me Too. So for those of you that actually don't know what that's about, Harvey Weinstein um, was somebody who assaulted many, many women in Hollywood. And people started to come out many years later, and it sparked this whole movement called Me Too. So there's a hashtag Me Too that people have been posting online saying that, you know, basically, yes, I have been assaulted as well. And I think the last time I had heard it was shared a couple of million times on Facebook and half a million times on Twitter. And I'm sure that number is a lot bigger by now. And I remember telling Derek, my husband, actually a couple of years ago that, you know what, I wouldn't be surprised if it hadn't, if in some way, shape or form, sexual, like some sort of sexual harassment or assault or abuse has happened to at least 90% of women out there. I wouldn't be surprised either, honestly. And I think part of the problem is like, when a woman is sexually assaulted or raped or even just sexually harassed, sometimes women don't know how to react to it because they don't know what it's categorized as. Um, and they don't want to be seen as, hey, you're being a liar for like not telling it as it is. And, and so when it happened to you, were you able to talk to your parents about it? Were you able to talk to people in our community about it at all? Or was it something that you just sort of kept to yourself for a while. No, I did not tell my parents. My parents still do not know about wow. it. Yeah. The first time I actually publicly opened up about it was in December of 2016. Um, so I started, I guess, more professionally writing in 2016. And in December, I finally decided, I don't honestly, I don't know what motivated me to do it, but one day I just decided to sit down and I was like, I'm going to write an open letter to my attacker and I'm going to let let out everything that I've been feeling in these past few years. Like I need to, it's not for him. Like it, it, it wasn't for him to be like, oh, you know, she's attacking me or whatever like that. It was for my own healing that I thought like I needed to say something mm-hmm. and Yeah, so I sat down and I wrote about it. And that's when people started finding out that, hey, this is a thing. And then 
I started finding out that people I know have been through it too. I can't imagine. I mean, even, even still, like I can't imagine just how brave you had to be just to put that out there. And like, you know, I don't, I'm not in this podcast trying to attack our community at all. What I'm trying to do is get everybody to be open and honest and feel okay to share you know, things that have happened in their life, you know, none of us is perfect, right. but I just, I still can't imagine having gone through that and, and have, and how just brave you are to put yourself out there like that, because you just don't see that very often. And it's such a necessary conversation and it's mm-hmm. such an important one to have. So I'm really happy that you are putting yourself out there and, and raising awareness mm-hmm. and talking about it. How did you feel when the whole Me Too movement came out? Did it sort of help you propel you forward and sharing or? I had two sides to it that it, like at first I, I was kind of like, okay, like I am glad this happened. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, it's kind of like, is it, is this really what it's taking for people to realize like how common this is? Like uh, two words and a hashtag. That's what it's like taking people to realize that, you know, sexual assault, rape, sexual harassment really is a thing. Like it's not like people aren't thinking about, Hey, maybe I should believe that someone is, you know, trying to tell me something when it actually happens rather than when a whole like social media movement starts. If that makes sense. Well, I think that, I mean, for so long, it's been the boys club, you know, for so, so many years. So I don't believe that people didn't know it was happening. I think that they just sort of allowed it to happen or, you know, the whole, oh, Mm -hmm. boys will be boys. Oh, locker room talk, like all that kind of stuff. And it's like, I feel like now as women, as we've gotten so strong to the point especially, you know, in Canada and America, we've gotten so strong to the point where we're able to stand up and be like, well, no, you know what? We're not okay with this anymore. And you guys need to learn how to act and conduct yourself and be respectful to us. We're not going to take it anymore. And I think in that way, it's just, I'm unfortunately, it's so sad that it took this long and that all this stuff had to happen. But if any positive Mm -hmm. thing came out of it, I'm just so glad that now people are talking about it and people are putting their foot down and hopefully it'll Mm -hmm. initiate some sort of change. And honestly, I hope it does because it it honestly feels like kids are being sexualized at a younger and younger oh age as time goes Don't on. Don't even get me started on that. Uh. <sighs> like I hear about kids like, you know, like young boys, like not even like middle school age yet, like pulling girls like bra straps down and stuff like that. Like that's absolutely ridiculous to be dealing with that at that age. Do you, Mm -hmm. I mean, when you think about becoming a mother to a boy or you know any mothers that just had boys, do you have any advice for them? I think the best advice I can give to a mother is when your son grows up, your son should be able to distinguish between what's right and what's wrong if he had a daughter. Even if he had a son, honestly, this whole Me Too movement isn't just about women. And I think a lot of people don't understand that as well. It's anybody can be, you know, sexually assaulted, raped, harassed. It's not just women and girls. And I think another thing, like a flip side to the kind of that question is like, boys in our society are supposed to, you know, be masculine, strong, all this. So I think another piece of advice I would have for mothers is if your child comes to you saying, hey, mom, like this has happened to me, 
don't like turn them away and say, hey, you're a man, you can take it or whatever. Because boys have feelings too. There's, there's no rule that, you know, just girls have feelings. That's, that's not how it works. No, that's true. That's very true. They should be able to just sort of be open and be emotional and feel safe to do that. Exactly. When you were going through everything, I mean, it's been a few years now. How how did you deal with it? How did you get through everything? Not that like you were saying that you ever really get through it, but how did you kind of mm-hmm. pull yourself out of that depression? Well, in the beginning, I kind of just suppressed it when I was around people. And then when I was by myself, it would kind of all come out. But then as time kind of went on, it did get more and more apparent that it was affecting me because I started losing weight. I wouldn't really come out of my room and stuff. I would be snapping at people all the time. But as time went on, I kind of I I tried to pull myself together. I mean, I it wasn't like, you know, one day I just woke up and everything was okay again. But for some reason, one day when I picked up a pen and started writing in a journal that my friend had gotten me for my 16th birthday, something just clicked that day. And I would I wouldn't even write about, you know, what had happened to me. I would just write about random stuff and my writing would help me just through like the the daily aspects of life and stuff. So I think writing is the biggest force that has gotten me past a lot of what had happened. And is that is that what you would tell somebody who has gone through something similar is to write about it? Like that's a that's a great way. I mean, it sounds like a great way to deal with anything pretty much. It really depends on the person. I feel like because obviously like a lot of people, you know, deal with traumatic events in different ways and everyone has like a different coping mechanism. But obviously, like for me, writing did work and I feel like it would work for a lot of people because it does like help you channel all your like thoughts and feelings into a place where, you know, nobody could really see it unless you, of course, you know, choose to. So in that sense, like if someone, you know, decides to do like journal writing or something like that, I think that's very, very beneficial because not only are you kind of purging that from your brain, but you're kind of like locking it away for no one else to see. I love that purging it from your brain. That actually is, it really makes a lot of sense. And I think it will resonate with a lot of people that are listening. Do you have any Mm -hmm. last bits of advice for um, anyone that has gone through something similar? I think one of the biggest things that I've realized in this whole process is not everyone is going to be there for you when you finally like decide to say, hey, this has happened to me. And that's okay because the people who do actually decide to stick around are the people that actually support you. And those are the people that actually matter. In addition to that, I'd probably say that the answer isn't to just quietly take it. It's to maybe not speak up about it if you're not comfortable, but reclaim who you are because what one person did to you is not what you are. It's what you perceive yourself to be. 
That's what you are. I love that. I love that. That's such great advice. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that with us and for just being so courageous. I mean, my hat really goes off to you and just keep on, keep on writing about it. You know, I think it's such an important thing to get out there and the more people that we can get to open up about this kind of stuff or just whatever they're going through, I think the more we can just all feel collectively just better about not being perfect, you know, and not having a perfect Mm -hmm. life and just raise the confidence and the empowerment of the women that are listening and around Mm -hmm. us and everything in our community. Mm -hmm. So now why don't you let the listeners know where they can find your writing? Okay. So I write for three different publications currently, Brown Girl Magazine, The Odyssey Online, and Women's Republic. If you just go on any three of those websites and type in my name, you will find my entire archives of everything I've ever written. And if anybody is interested in following me on social media, my... Twitter handle is vgajar95, and my Instagram handle is thedesigirl underscore 95. And I will definitely have all links for all of this stuff on the blog post for this episode. So thank you so much again, Vidahi, for being on this episode and for being so open. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure talking to you.